This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right, guys, we are back with chapter 15, another kind of solemn topic that often gets pushed onto the back burner of Christians' minds and Christians' conversations, and that is the wrath of God. Um, Something that Packer says in the opening, um, he says that in wrath, the Bible tells us, is an attribute of God. And I think that's going to be an important thing as we think about you know, the topic of wrath, to not think about wrath, to, to shun that away is to shun away an attribute of who God is and to mm-hmm. not fully accept God for, for who he's revealed himself to be to us. And he says something really strong in the opening that I want us to think about as we look at this chapter. He says, um, we say little about it. Perhaps we don't think much about it. He says, to an age which has unashamedly sold itself to the gods of greed, pride, sex, and self-will, the church mumbles on about the kindness, God's kindness, but says virtually, virtually nothing about his judgment. I thought that was really, really strong because, you know, oftentimes I think we say, well, wrath is something we don't like thinking about. And Packer is actually taking it a little bit further and saying it's not just that we don't like thinking about it. It's that we actually want to hold on to some of these sins, some of these things that are under God's wrath and that it actually is much even worse than not wanting to think about it. Mm-hmm. In what ways like in what ways do you guys feel like, you know, there's a temptation to 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 use his language to sell um, ourselves to the gods of greed and pride and sex and self-will. How do we manage that? Yeah, I think um, kind of to your point about wrath, like we don't want to think on wrath at all. Like he talked about early on in the book about meditating on these truths, like the mm-hmm. wrath of God is a truth. And uh, you said this before we started this podcast, but when you meditate on the wrath of God, suddenly like you realize how large your sin is mm-hmm. and how much of an issue it actually is. And so if you want to, you know, be escaping the sins that you're in, well, just sell yourself to all of these different sins without mm-hmm. thinking on the wrath of God, then you'll never like... You're trying. It, it's like conditioning yourself mm-hmm. to not think about your sin, so you don't have to like repent of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it is very taboo, and I think also like we 
you know, in the same way that we hesitate to like call other people out on their sin, we also don't like dealing with our own sin. And, but, you know, we, when we recognize it in other people, we can like point at that. Like we Mm -hmm. can say, that is what, you know, jealousy looks like. Mm -hmm. That is what, um, I mean, you can fill in the blank there, but when, when it comes out of us or like out of our mouths or it's an action of our, like our own choosing, um, we don't want to think that there should be the same consequences for us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I definitely think it's like a, a tension that we just to, to give in to the temptations around us and to feel accepted. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes that can just be, it just sounds easier. Um, we're not missing out mm-hmm. on the fun or it's just, it is very tempting. It's a, it's a struggle. It's huge. And this idea of sin being God kind of reflects Jesus talking about you can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that we can get from this, just even on the onset of thinking about this, is part of, in Christ, we have a new life. We are moved from slavery and sin to being able to live for him. We have a new master. And now we're seeking to be obedient to Christ and to follow Christ and to put to death and to leave behind these old things of the flesh. And part of the way that we do that um, and part of how we have victory over those sins is actually to dethrone them from our life, to not allow them to be a God. And part of how we do that, and this isn't discussed very much in conversations about how do I fight pornography? How do I fight pride? Well, part of it is meditating on the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you think about how the wrath of God is against, you know, sin, yeah. and you and you actually meditate on it, it's going to decrease your desire to do so. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, the uh, yesterday, actually, I was deboning a deer ham. And it, Hannah doesn't like looking at it. Are you like that with Bryce? <laughs> I like, will not stand okay. by and watch. <laughs> and she doesn't like, she likes eating venison. Yeah. She just doesn't like seeing the full process. Yeah. I think in a similar way, we often like sin, but if we actually think about sin in the context of the Bible as being deserving of wrath, you know, if we think about sin being what puts Christ on the cross and sin what separates us from God, all of a sudden our desire for said sins decreases mm-hmm. because of what we see. So I think just even on the onset of this chapter, you know, my prayer for all of us as we read these chapters that often, once again, get pushed to the back burner is that it would decrease our desire for sin and increase our desire to, to seek God. So, you know, Packer continues, and he, he gives out this very long, very long um, kind of look through the Bible at God's wrath. He even says, he, he quotes... Um, A.W. Pink and says that there are more references in Scripture to anger, fury, and wrath than there are to his love and tenderness, which just shows <laughs> how um, yeah, how important serious. it is, yeah, yeah, and how serious God is, and um, not because God delights in anger, but because we are very sinful people, and in the story of Scripture, we are often and almost always deserving wrath and doing <laughs> the wrong thing, and time and time again. Um, but on page 150, if we turn there, it says what God's wrath is like. And he says something, I think, is we have to kind of redefine and rethink the way that we view God's wrath and not look at it anthropomorphically, like we discussed last podcast. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he says um, the root cause of our unhappiness, 
seems to be a disquieting suspicion that ideas of wrath are in one way or another unworthy of God. This is, to me, just so spot on, this idea that yeah. like God shouldn't be wrathful, that mm-hmm. it's like right. sinful to be wrathful or something. Um, and a big part of that was what we referred to last chapter where it talks about, you know, kind of transposing our limitations and imperfections on him. Um, but this is, this is a very important thing for us to do is to redefine what, what God's wrath is like. And um, on page 151, it says, in the same way, God's wrath in the Bible is never capricious. Did I say that right? Capricious. Capricious is like a Capri Sun, or is it? (laughs) Um, Capricious, self-indulgent, irritable, morally uh, ennoble thing that human anger so often is. It is instead a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. And then he says, even among humans, there's such thing as righteous indignation or righteous anger. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you guys ever experienced this in your life? This this kind of righteous anger. Yeah, and going back to what you said, um, how he talked about our suspicion that maybe wrath is unworthy of God. It's like we want to think that maybe that's below him or maybe, you know, that that's not as important as his love for me or something like that. But in and we are thrown off because we think of human anger and but we have to know that God's wrath is mm-hmm. not the same as human anger. Um, I feel like personally, I'd probably have to say like in marriage that Mm -hmm. because of the closeness of that relationship, um, you see the good, the bad and Mm -hmm. the ugly, like face to face in your, in yourself and in your Mm -hmm. spouse. Um, but I definitely feel that we, and we get defensive really quickly, but there are definitely times where, um, my my husband has had to kind of hold a mirror up for me and mm-hmm. say like hey i am seeing this and mm-hmm. he's not saying hey i'm angry about this but mm-hmm. he is you know in a way that's that i mean that righteous anger and saying mm-hmm. like i don't want this to continue like there's mm-hmm. error here and in in his job as spirit, the spiritual leader of our house and he takes it seriously and i'm thankful for that mm-hmm. you know and even though um I may like try to deny it or um, I may, I may get angry in return, like human angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It, I think that there's, it causes some self-reflection and I usually um, get to turn around and tell him thank you because Mm -hmm. I am grateful that he, um, you know, will take those opportunities to share and be honest Mm -hmm. and, and kind of like call me out with his job. Yeah. I think about things like often we see like tragedies that didn't have to happen, like school shootings, things Mm -hmm. like that in our nation. And I just immediately think to myself, like, this is someone who has decided to prey on like the weakest people Mm. that we have in our society, you know, and it's just like, it makes me so mad. You know, every time Mm -hmm. you see one on the news just makes me so mad. I think that's a good example I that's could think so true, of. Like a greater level yeah. example. And, and, and Amanda, <laughs> I appreciate your example because my, my first kind of thought was what Hank was saying, which mm-hmm. is just like we see something wrong in it, it's you know, provokes society. an anger in us that mm-hmm. this sin is happening. But on the back end, yeah, I've been on the other side of it to where someone is upset at me. They're angry. They're 
you know, maybe, you know, and, and because I did something wrong and that's not the way it should be. And that's not what's best for me. And it's not what's best for marriage or for church or for fill in the blank. And I do think that like separating it from, you know, thinking about God's wrath in a way that we've seen human anger and human wrath so tainted by sin and so stained by sin that we have to go and look at God's wrath, not through the lens of our personal experiences in life where we've seen wrath lived out by humans, but through the scriptures where we see God's wrath properly displayed. And we even see Christ overturn the tables, you know, and he's, and he was right in doing so. It was not, you know, sin. Um, So yeah, I think that that, that's a really great reminder in thinking about God's wrath too, and just making sure that we, and it's hard, it's, it's Mm -hmm. hard work to separate and not to transpose all of these personal anecdotes in our life to, to that. Um, uh, so an, another kind of thing I, I wanted to discuss here too, as we're thinking about um, kind of God's wrath, is on page one fifty three, he kind of makes this distinction to understand that the reason that people sit under God's wrath is because they have chosen to rebel against God. And he says it really well. I think on page one fifty three, he says the unbeliever has preferred to be by himself without God defying God, having God against him, and he shall have his preference. Nobody stands under the wrath of God except those who have chosen to do so. And this goes back to the idea that God's not some kid on an ant pile with a magnifying glass burning ants, that God is, uh, you know, dealing with sinful, rebellious people who have transgressed and Mm -hmm. wronged him and have wronged each other and, and so on. How does this impact the way that we see evangelism? That's a great question. This section was really impactful for me. Um, it just really put some things into focus that I'm not sure I really thought about in this way, um, but it surely helped tie up some, I don't know, like some loose ends or maybe just some flawed thinking mm-hmm. that I had. But um, something that he said on page 152, um, talking about God's justice, He says, what strict justice requires, um, he insists, that will be so grievous for those who die in unbelief. And Mm -hmm. like those words, like when we we know God is perfect and his justice is perfect, what does that require? It it requires, I mean, there is a grievous end to all those people who choose not to, you know, um, devote their lives to God. They're, Mm -hmm. they're making that choice. And he just made the way he said it was so clear, but it's also in thinking of sharing, um, the gospel with unbelievers, I think that we have to be careful in how we talk about it, but we also need to, um, make it really evident that there is a, like this grievousness that he talks about. We have to also, really kind of take on that emotion and so the people when we get into an evangelism conversation there's a desire in that conversation for their conversion and for them to know the lord as their savior and that's going to take like a really hard conversation but Mm -hmm. if it's genuine then there will be emotion and sadness tied to the fact that there's a grievous end for their life Mm. on this earth and for their eternity 
in hell. Yeah. Um, and that is scary and that is sad and that should drive us, but it has to be real and be genuine, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the good. thought that they're choosing it and choosing to spend eternity separated from the Father, like that really should drive us. That is the driving factor that like everyone around us that doesn't know the Lord is choosing to live eternity apart from Him and we can you know, we can bring the message that could bring them in relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think John Piper said, I was listening to a sermon of his, or maybe it was a podcast, but he said that, you know, for all of the tragedy that we see every day, like in the news, like we're connected mm-hmm. to everything, we hear about everything, that every day we have a reason to mourn because we should be mourning with those who mourn. So in the world around us, and then also in the reality that, you know, how many people died every day and mm-hmm. are not going to heaven to be with their father, mm-hmm. that we should be mourning every single day. Hmm. I, I was recently in Tampa, and we were driving a, a bridge there that had a, a ship run into it a while back, and a, there were a lot of deaths that resulted because it was really foggy. The Skyway? The Skyway. Oh. And um, people were driving off the side, and, you know, it's like uh, this this image when you're going over the skyway of just how terrifying that really would be to be in that and even thinking about it you know is a a horrific thing and yet you know in this illustration that we're given in the scripture about two paths you know we see this everywhere in proverbs and psalms that we and because of our sin are choosing to run down a path of destruction that leads to eternal separation from God and that it should move us, I think, and compel us to to want to take those around us, especially those who we know and love who are close and want to try to see that, see a different path for them through mm-hmm. sharing the gospel. So I think it's too like even as we, we meditate on how God's wrath can impact us and holiness, it can also kind of impact the way that we see evangelism because it's real. It's a real path. It's a real direction. And um, we, we have been tasked to bring the good news to others. So thank you guys for that chapter, and we'll dive into chapter 16 next. <laughs> <laughs>